We're happy to have our Facebook audience joining us. Extreme Voice Radio is joining us as well by audio this morning. And, and of course, those of you that are gathered here in the sanctuary, it's always an honor. Uh, you know, I, 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 ha- I haven't been watching much sports the past year. Uh, but, uh, you know, we had some people over. Yes, Sarah and I broke the law in Virginia. It's not really a law. It's, it was just an order. Uh, we had too many people at our house on Thanksgiving Day. And when company comes over and company picks up your remote, you sort of roll with whatever company's doing. And, and, and th- Thanksgiving Day at our house becomes uh, football day. It ter- it's turned into that. And, and... Even though they don't call them this anymore, go Redskins. You know, you know, Redskins won the football game. But, but, uh, as we were watching some of these football games and even yesterday some of the college sports, I saw that they're, uh, they're putting these pasteboard people in the stands. You can even spend money and get a pasteboard picture of yourself and they will set you in a seat and you can pretend like you're at the football game. Give me a break. Give me a break. And I'm not talking about a Kit Kat bar. But it is good to see you in fleshly, warm, fleshly bodies right here in the sanctuary of Voice of Praise this morning. I'm glad that you chose, in spite of the risk, in spite of the pandemic, whatever's going on, I'm glad that you chose to be in the house of the Lord today. This morning, I want to preach a message. And this message is going to go along the vein of the messages that I've preached the last two weeks. I've entitled this message, Knock Down, But Not Out. Knock Down, But Not Out. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read uh, several verses of Scripture this morning. And I hope you can follow along with me. Get out your phone, get out your iPad, whatever you're using this morning, and follow along in Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but are not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we are alive, for we who are alive are always being given over to the death for Jesus' sake. Let me pause there. Let me remind you what that means. We that are alive, that means those that are alive in the spirit. Now, nobody's dead in here this morning, physically. But you could be dead spiritually. Nobody watching is physically dead, but you could be spiritually dead. But think about that. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, 
Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What, what a a, a dissertation of faith that is given by the Apostle Paul. What a charge is given to us by the the voice of God, if you would, this morning. How do we determine that trouble is real? I think we all probably know that by now. We probably can relate to that. It's an age-old fact because the oldest verse or the oldest book of the Bible back in Job, Job chapter 14, Job says, man's days are short and they are full of trouble. Now, I can relate to the short part. But here, Job is talking about time. You know, I'm not short. I'm just vertically challenged, okay? But I'm expand, but I've got this horizontal expansion going on. But, but, but man's days are short and full of trouble, Job said. It's an age old fact. It's an ancient fact that from, from the only man that really didn't have any problem was, was Adam before the fall. Adam only had one commandment to keep. He only had one thing to do. He only had one decision to ponder over, one decision of obedience to make. And we know that story that he failed. But since the fall of humanity uh, in the man of Adam and his mate Eve, we find that man's days are short and full of trouble. The psalmist, if you read the, if you read the psalms, you find many of the psalms, and even there's a book in the scripture that is called the book of lamentation. We find the, the scripture in the Old Testament especially is full of songs of lamentation, songs of lament, songs that if you read them sometime, could almost, they could almost be depressing. They can almost be discouraging. But it's because from the beginning of time, if you would, or the beginning of humanity, just after the fall of Adam, we find that humanity has been plagued with trouble. Trouble is the spin-off, if you would, of sin. Sin brought trouble into the world. Jesus said in John 16, He said, In the world you shall have Tribulation, tribulation is synonymous with trouble. As long as we are on this side of eternity, and right now we are in this room, as long as you are on this side of eternity, you can count on one thing, you are going to have trouble. You are going to have problems. You are going to have difficulties. I remember... uh, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is 
the a man of constant sorrow. Some of y'all remember that. Some of y'all that are, you know, like me, you're not, you know, you're not sanctified. No, I'm just joking. But you, you I, I love that song. That song, of course, y'all know, y'all know me. Uh, most of you do. Many of you do. You know me. I'm 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 a bluegrasser, and 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 man of constant sorrow did so much for acoustic bluegrass music. But but what what really the standout of that whole movie was uh, when when uh, they got up and sang, "I am a man of constant sorrow. It follows. It's followed me all of my days, and we too are people." Of constant sorrow. There's sorrow that follows us. That we have regrets in life. There's trials of life. There's tribulation of life. Life is full of them. Every day. We've all had them. We all get them. Nobody wants them. But life is full of trouble. But ahead of us is a decision. It's a decision, if you would, of victory or defeat. Uh, I believe victory or defeat is a decision that we all get to make and we all must make and in reality we all do make. We can decide to walk in victory or we can decide if we're going to walk in defeat. We can decide, we can decide that, that I'm going to get bruised but I'm not going to lose. I'm going to stay the course. I'm going, I'm going to stick with God. I, I, I'm going to cling to Jesus. We, we have to make a decision that I may, I may go broke, but I'm not going to choke. I may not, I may not have a penny in my bank account. I may not have a, a retirement left to depend on when everything's said and done. Uh, I may, I may, I may end up with everything I have being lost. You know, I was talking to a young man this week and, and, and he, he was sharing with me some of his difficulties of life. And as I was talking with that young man, I said, well, you recall Job, don't you? You know, because, you know, us Christians, you know, we speak Christianese and, and we're dependent that everybody else knows and thinks and believes and realizes everything that we know. But this young man was that he was unchurched. This young man had, ne- had never read the Bible. He, he, ne- he never had heard Bible stories. And, and and I said, you've not heard the story of Job? He said, no, not really. He said, who is he? Who is he? And I began to uh, to disclose, I began to elaborate to him about Job and talk to him uh, about the story of Job. That Job was a man that had great treasure, he had great wealth, but yet he was a man of integrity. And we know the story because you know we're we're most of us in this room are believers. Some of you watching, no doubt, are believers, and we can all speak Christianese and 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 we understand things. And, and, but but Job, Job was a man that was up right before God, but yet Satan said, let me have my way at him, God. And God said, okay, I'll let you do that, but you can't take his life. This young man hadn't heard that story. And this young man had went through so much in his life, physically and emotionally and in the home. It was quite amazing that that, that a young person could go through so much in his life. And I began to tell him about Job. He said, wait a minute. He said, maybe, he said, okay. He said, is this the guy that ended up with more in the end than he had in the beginning. I said, 
That's the one. I said, so you've at least heard something about it. He said, yeah, uh, maybe something, maybe something, but I really don't know the details of it. And I had the opportunity to share with him in, in, in a brief moment the story of Job. You might go broke, but, but you're not going to choke. You might be feeling pain, but I want you to keep in mind, you're still, we are still to gain. Because what we have in this life... At the best, what Paul was saying is a temporary situation. This this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. The treasures of of my life are laid up there in the blue. That's not the exact words, but it goes something like that. But listen, listen, understand me. What this life has to offer me, what this life is offering you is not the final word. It's not the final answer. It's not your final destiny. Because there is in front of us, above us, a destiny that far outweighs this life. And that destiny is heaven. And that destiny is eternal. And here's the thing about it though. We still have to make a decision. Because if we don't decide that we're going to follow Jesus Christ. And we're going to love Him. And we're going to receive His word. Then we are not going to make that final destination. But I have hope. The same Paul that wrote the scriptures we read this morning said something along the lines of, if in this life only is the only place that we have hope, we are of most people, we are of all people most miserable. If if your hope is in your job, if your hope's in your circumstance, if your hope's in a relationship, if your hope is in what, what uh, a relationship other than Jesus Christ, if your hope is in in this church, if your hope is in me, if if your hope is in anything, your uh, and, and it's not there's not anything wrong with believing in other things that, and and. De- being dependent in part on other things. But I'm talking about your eternal hope. If your eternal hope is based on anything other than the Lord Jesus Christ and the written word of God, then your hope is in vain. And you, in reality, according to what Paul said, you are miserable. Are you miserable this morning? Only you can answer that. Only you can know that. Only you can determine that. But the reality of it is, it's all about a decision that we have to make. And when we make that decision, hope we're going to make the right decision. Hope we're going to make the positive decision. We're going to make the decision uh, on the side of God, if you would. We're going to decide. I, you know, and we used to say, I don't know, I'm just full of songs this morning. But, but that old song that says, I have decided Jesus. Come on, choir. I have to Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. One more time. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. It's a decision that's before us. It's it's what it's something that we we've got. And the next verse of that, we as we used to sing, it says, "Though none go with me, I will follow." 
And, and, and it's a decision that we must make independent of everything and everybody else in our life. If, if, uh, I told you I'm full of songs. If mama don't go, won't hinder me. If daddy don't go, it won't hinder me. If brother don't go, won't hinder me. If, if my sister don't go, it won't hinder me. It, it, you know, if my kids don't go, it won't hinder me. You know, I, I, it may be sad in, 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 its, in its existence, in itself, but listen to me. We have to and we must understand that our relationship with Jesus Christ is an individual relationship that only you and I can, you and your own self can establish with him. Nobody else can fix it for you. Nobody else can do it for you. Nobody else can believe for you. But if you will follow Jesus, He will walk with you. He will talk with you. And He will go with you all along the way. And when you follow Jesus, then you're like a bird let out of a cage. My gracious, I don't know where all these songs is coming from in my head this morning. Once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But then Jesus came and what? And listen to me, glory to God, he set me free. You see, Jesus will set you free, he will liberate you, and he will release you. Psalms 91, the the psalmist wrote this. He said, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. Listen, they like to, the, the enemy will like to cage you. He would like to cage me. He would like to bind me up. He would like to clip my wings. He would like to cripple my legs. He would like to do that to you. But I want you to know that there's a good shepherd that not only cares for the sheep of the th- of a thousand hills, but there is a shepherd that watches the lilies of the field and the little sparrow and that shepherd will come along when you and I are ensnared and he will release us and he will free us and we can soar and listen there's not a sparrow that I know of that can soar like an eagle but somehow Jesus comes along and he takes away that sparrow and he gives that sparrow wings of eagles and we can soar into places with God that we have never ever even fathomed in our minds before if we will just look to him and allow him to release us the psalmist also uh, penned in Psalm 34, he said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. He said, but God, he said, but God delivers them. He don't say will, he don't say might. He said, but God delivers him out of all. God delivers the righteous. What is righteous? What is righteousness? Your righteousness is not what you can do. We appreciate, we just celebrated a, a, a great year of giving just a few moments ago with a drum roll and an announcement. God, your, your giving is appreciated and, and coveted and, and it's all good. Your church attendance is all good. But listen to me, that's not your righteousness. Your righteousness is not all the things that you don't do. Your righteousness is not the things that you ought to do, that you do do. 
But your righteousness is found through the person of Jesus Christ. His blood washes you, cleanses you, cleanses me. And I may not be too good within my own right. In fact, the Bible says that my righteousness is as filthy rags. But what it does tell me is there was a lamb that was slain and he was the he was the lamb that once was enough. It was the perfect blood. It was the perfect sacrifice. There will be none other. And that blood of Jesus Christ makes me righteous, makes you righteous. All we've got to do is call on Jesus and say, Lord, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Use your blood, Lord. Wash me, cleanse me, and make me whiter than snow. And he's faithful to do that. Oh, Paul says we're we're hard pressed on every side. He said, but we're not crushed. He said, man, the squeeze has been put on, but I'm not crushed. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not abandoned. I've been struck down. But I'm not destroyed. And here's what we've got. Here's what you and I must do. You and I must begin to take a look. Everybody takes looks. But there's five looks I want to share with you this morning. There's five, there's five alternatives here that we can have. And I'll be, I'll be frank with you. Now, now, this morning, uh, I don't know, I, you know, for obvious reason, I like hats, okay? I like hats. I, I like ball caps. I like toboggans. I like I, I like dress hats. I, 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 you know, I've got button-down caps, and you know, I got dress cap. And I asked my little wife this morning. I said, "Which hat do you think would look best on me today?" And she says, "Why are you dress hat?" So I, I wore my dress hat this morning as we were coming to church, and you know, has a little bit different look to it than my. It, but now, my favorite hat. My favorite hat is an old faded out blue Harley Davidson hat. The bills wore out on it and through and the strap, the straps in the back. It's all, it's all come apart and just hanging loose and, and everything. But, but you fellas know what I'm talking about. You just get a good hat and you can't give it up. It's sort of greasy looking, you know. Got a few paint splatters on it. But you know, but, but, to me that thing looks wore out. It's not even really fit to put in the yard sale. And then I go over to the Harley Davidson store and I see one that looks almost just exactly like it and they wanted $35 for it. Retro look, they call it. Retro look. Man, I could, I want to tell you something, I could go through my closet, I could give them some retro shoes. I can give them some retro clothes. I've got a couple other retro hats. I got a lot of retro stuff around my house if they want to, you know, yeah, I could, I should, I can make some money off that stuff. But, but, you know, we, we get in the groove, you know. Somebody was here last Sunday, this, just a week ago, and they were, and a couple of ladies were out in the, in the vestibule there, the foyer, and I was over, I, I was eavesdropping, okay, I was listening to their conversation, they were talking about the latest fashion, you know. And, if one lady said, well, if you just keep it long enough, it'll come back around. I've had this 30 years. Barry, you need to get your wife something new for Christmas. <laughs> Tell Shirley I said that. One of the other ladies said, 
Yeah, even bell bottoms are come back. And you just, some of you young people don't know what bell bottoms are. You know, they are what they are. They have pants that look like from here down. They look like, listen, someday skinny jeans are going to expire and bell bottoms will come back. I'm waiting. I am waiting, Carrie. I'm waiting on the day of the platform shoes. Did you ever wear any of that? I'm waiting on the day of platform. But, but, but what I'm saying to you is this. What happens is we, we, we want to take on a look and we want to take a look and we look at things and, and we all have mirrors in our house and we look at ourselves. But I want to, there, there are five looks, but only one look leads to victory. We can take a look back and, and we can learn from, we can learn from, uh, Lot's wife. Taking a look back is detrimental to us. We can look back. We can think about, uh, you know, and, and again, here, oh Lord, here's another song. Uh, you know, roll back the curtain of memory now and then. See where Jesus brought me from and where I could have been. You know, we, if we are constantly looking back and we're wondering, what would it be like if I'd have stayed back there? What would it have been like? What would it have been like if I remained there? And we're constantly looking back and we're constantly be, constantly being reminded of where we were at. Listen, a look back will bring us defeat. It will bring you defeat every single time. But then sometimes we look ahead. Don't get me wrong, it's nothing wrong with having a vision. But but the reality of it is, we as evangelicals and Pentecostals in the church world, we have completely misconstrued that scripture. It says, where there's no vision, people perish. Because it's not talking about the next greatest church growth plan that's coming up. It's talking about having a vision for the kingdom of God. But but sometimes sometimes and I, and I, listen, I worked as a professional planner in 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 manufacturing for seventeen years. I did that. I understand about planning. I understand about preparing for the future. I, I like for us here at the church. I like for us to plan and, and work ahead of things. I don't like I don't like uh, 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 this shooting from the hip, so to speak. Although sometimes the Holy Spirit chooses to work that way. I understand that. But but but. Sometimes if we get worried about what's ahead of us, we'll get so consumed about what am I going to do next month? What are we going to do in 2021 if if the COVID doesn't work? What are we going to do if we take one of these vaccines and, and we turn green and our eyeballs bug out? What are we going to do if this happens? What are we going to do with that happens? Listen, if we spend our time looking ahead, we will become overwhelmed. But Jesus is calling us in James alluded to this very much so that today is the day that we have to live in. Give no thought about tomorrow. Don't worry about it, what's going to come or what's going to go. Just depend on Jesus for today and tomorrow will be today when it gets here and you depend on Jesus that day and the next day Tuesday will be today when it gets here and you trust God for that day and you live for Jesus. There goes another song. One day at a time sweet Jesus that's all I'm asking from you y'all remember that is that Sandy Patty who said but nevertheless then we have sometimes we're looking around us we're looking around us constantly looking over our shoulder constantly we're looking over our shoulder now, if you're riding a motorcycle, that's a good thing. I want to tell you, especially if the person next to you has a cell phone. Trust me. But as believers, 
constantly looking over our shoulders. Constantly. We're, we're anticipating the next battle. Constantly, we're anticipating the next attack. We're constantly, we're worried about what's coming next. We're, we're looking to the left or to the right. And, and you know, when, when I read Scripture, I find that we're actually instructed not to do that. We're not to look to the left. We're not to look to the right. But we are, because when we begin to look to the left, and we begin to look to the right, and we begin looking off the road, my wife will tell you whichever direction I look when I'm driving, that's the direction I drive in. So don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. But keep your eyes focused on Jesus Christ. Quit worrying about what's coming from this side. Quit worrying about what's coming from that side. Remember when we used to talk about that hedge of protection? Have you pulled your hedge up? You know, I hear there's been a few hedges that we've taken out because they needed to be taken out. But have you pulled your hedge up? Do you, do we still believe that, 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 oh Lord, there's another one of them songs. He'll put angels all around you just to keep you from harm, to guide and protect you, safe in His arms. Do you really believe that God has your back? Do you really believe He has your back? Do I really believe that God has my back? If I really believe that, why am I looking this way? And I'm looking that way. Because you see, when we're looking to the left, when we're looking to the right, then we become distracted. And fourthly, we'll look to ourselves. We'll begin to look to ourselves. We'll begin to look inwardly. Every one of us in this room has had somebody that has failed us miserably in life. Every one of us. It may have been in a business deal. It may have been in a relationship. It may have been in past, you know, as a pastor. It may have been as your Sunday school teacher. It may, it, it may be as your husband, your wife, your, your kids. It, it, every, every one of us have had a, a circumstance where somebody has failed us. But you know what? I also must realize, I must admit, many times I have failed myself. There's times in my life that I have disappointed my own self. Now you may be very much different than me. But when I begin to look inwardly and I begin to look to myself as the source to get through whatever I need to get through. When I begin to look at myself and, and begin to think that I have all, I have it figured out and I have it all together. Listen, I, when, I, when I begin to look at that and if I allow myself to think like that, I have found myself being a Laodicean Christian. Because in essence, I have taken on the, the, the personality, if you would, or the attitude that I'm, I'm rich, I'm increased with goods, and I really don't have need of anything. You see, when I, when I begin to look to, to myself and, and I think I'm self-sufficient, I, I, I have to be reminded of that scripture that, that, that we need to be careful of how we think of ourselves. That when we think we're going to stand and we think we're able to stand, unless we're going to fall. You see, so a look inward is detrimental to 
me or you as well. The look inward, the look inward will leave us distressed. But a look up. But a look up will leave us blessed. The psalmist said in 121, Psalms 121 and verse number 1. He said, I will look to the mountains. Where does my help come from? When, when, when things are bad, when we're all perplexed, when the storms of life are, are, are swelling up all around us, when the cold winds of December and January are blowing, when hell is knocking at your door and everything seems to be going wrong, you don't need to look forward, you don't need to look backward, you don't need to look to the side and you don't need to look inward. But if we will look up, he says, look into the hills and I know where my help comes from. From. If we can ever realize as followers of Jesus Christ, I can't do this on my own. Nobody else can do it to me. Nobody else can do it with me. Nobody else can do it for me. I can't fix what's not happened yet. I can't fix what's already been done. But if I will depend on the Lord Jesus Christ every single day of my life, He is sufficient in everything that He does. And He is the answer. And He is the, the, the help that comes in the time of trouble. So whether it's through fire or flood, famine or pestilence, or even through the valley of the shadow of death, we need to realize that we're going through. If we're followers of Jesus Christ, that is. As we were driving over this morning, right right in front of East River Tunnel, I, I don't know. It's it's caught my eyes the last two Sunday morning. There is there is one of those places right there before you get to East River Tunnel, and and maybe it's because the leaves are gone, but but it's really like it's been uh, illuminated to me as we've driven by the last two Sunday mornings. There's a deep ravine we would call it, a really deep ravine. Now, in order for there to be a deep ravine, there has to be a, a, a steep ridge on both sides. And I thought last Sunday, I thought, man, how could anybody even hunt on that if they were, if they wanted to go hunting? You know, how, how can, how, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm talking country, hunting, hunting. How could somebody hunt and go hunting on those ridges? Man, those, that, those ridges are so steep you can't even walk. Be hardly walk up unless you're unless you have a, some goat tendencies in you. And then this morning when we came by, I was looking at that and I was pondering this in my mind. You know, I, I have these random thoughts. Forgive me, but I'm, I'm pondering in my mind now. If I was down in that holler, if I was down in that holler, what would be the most logical way for me to get out of that holler? The mountain on either side is too steep for me to climb. But it's just like that I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, but if you keep following that valley, if you keep following that valley, that holler might be deep. Both sides of it's steep. It might, and it's rocky. You can see where water run down through that. That holler might be steep. The mountains might be steep. That holler might be a little rocky. But if you keep following that holler, 
You keep following that valley. You keep following that ravine that you're caught in. If you walk that valley long enough, guess what? It's going to come to an end. I promise you it will come to an end. And when we begin to follow God, every day is not going to be flat ground. It's not going to be level ground. You'll have some mountaintops, but you're going to have days that you're going to be in the valley. And when you're in the valley, realize this. If you just keep walking that valley, if you let Jesus lead your hand day by day, you walk that valley, you walk that valley. Tomorrow, you walk that valley. Tuesday, you walk that valley. Wednesday, you walk that valley because you know the Lord is with you. You keep walking that valley. You're going to come out on the other side. You're going to come out and you're going to be too blessed to be depressed. You're going to be too saved to be enslaved. You're going to be too anointed to be disjointed. You're going to be too sealed to be killed. You're going to be too inspired to get tired. You're going to be too empowered to be a coward. You're going to be too on fire to believe the liar. You're going to be too late, too late, devil, to change my mind. Because I've determined I'm going to walk out of this valley. I'm going to make my way out. You see, Paul, going back to the scripture, Paul talked about, Paul was addressing the church. He said, man, there's going to be days that you're going to get knocked down, but you're not going to get knocked out. There's going to be days, there's going to be stuff that's going to happen to you that, and, and you don't feel like it, it, it's over. But I want you to know this. Romans 8 declares this. If God be for us, then who can be against us? He goes on to say that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Back between... For those of you older like me, back between 1976 and 1990, there were five movies that were released by Hollywood. And the name of those movies were Rocky. Rocky Balboa. He was an underdog fighter. He was, he, he was, but Rocky was marked by his ability just to take the beatings of a lifetime. You could beat Rocky to death and he would just keep coming back. He would be so beat up, he couldn't hardly stand to his feet. But let me tell you something. Rocky kept getting up. He was, he, he might have not got, he might have got knocked down, but he refused to be knocked out. He went on to win his fights. He went on to win his battles. You and I, we are in a It's not a boxing ring. It's not made of ropes. It's not made of canvas. Sometimes we feel beat, our eyes swollen shut, our lips busted, our nose bruised, our body is hurting. We are in anguish. We are in pain. But quitting is not an option. Let me say that again. Quitting is not an option. Rocky never gave up. Jesus never gave up on you. Don't you give up on Him. Champions are not crowned out of quitters. You can't quit. You can't stop. You've got to keep going. You've heard too much about the story. I've already told you enough this morning that you can't afford to miss the glory. You might get knocked down, but listen to me. You are not knocked out. You are here this morning. You are watching this morning. Keep getting up. Keep getting up. Keep getting up. Because if you keep getting up, you're going to prevail. You're going to prevail. I'll tell you a little story about me. I can tell stories about me because I know me better than I do anybody. I have been, 
I have been this massive height that I am since I was in the sixth grade of school. In the sixth grade of school, I was actually probably taller than I am now because I've grown shorter. I do weigh more. I weighed 135 pounds in the sixth grade of school. I remember that distinctly, Jerry, because they wouldn't let me run the backfield in Little League football. You know, I was overweight, you know, for the position. I still slightly overweight for the position. So I'm about as tall now as I've been since the sixth grade. Probably maybe a little bit shorter. But I get it from my mom's side of the family, okay? There's times that I just, I, I thought I was bigger than I was, if you know what I mean. There's times that my mouth, I, 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 listen, I had a five foot four, 135 pound body, but I had a six foot two, 225 pound mouth. But it never fazed me too much, except one night. One night, Pizza Hut, Whitfield, Virginia. There's a little incident happened. And this guy that was about 6'2", 225 pounds, I was ready to scrap with him. He would have pulverized me. He doesn't come over and he had me like this. Of course, you know, he's about this much taller than me. So he had me like this. And then he, he just, then he just, he just let me go. And I thought, huh. You know. But then I turned around and looked behind me. There was two of my buddies. I was on the wrestling team at the high school I attended. I turned around and there was two of my buddies that wrestled the, one of them wrestled wrestled 167 weight class one wrestled 188 so they were pretty big boys for high schoolers and I looked around and there they was behind me and I realized it wasn't me it wasn't me that caused that guy to let me go but it's who he saw behind me don't never forget that Jesus has got your back don't ever forget we hear a talk about Big Brother in, in, in the world today and Big Brother's watching you. Listen, uh, don't, 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 you have a brother, and, but he, there, he, there's one that sticks closer than a brother. He's more than a brother. He's your, he's your daddy. Hereby we cry, Abba, Father. Listen to me. Jesus has got your back. Don't you ever forget that. And when the enemy comes to, to grab you, he would like to grab you by those chin whiskers, Jerry. And he would do that as far as Jerry. He ain't, he's not scared of Jerry. He's not even scared of your mean wife, Elaine. Knows Taekwondo. Black belt. Whatever else she knows. He's not scared of her. But when he looks over your shoulder and he sees Jesus, he realizes, he realizes, I can't touch this. I can't go that far. I can't go that far. Understand with me this morning. You might get knocked down, but you're not knocked out. You've got to keep, you've got to keep getting up. You've got to keep getting up. As long as you keep getting up, you've not given up. So keep giving up. 
I want you to bow your heads with me just for a moment. In this, in this room right now, and of course if you're watching or listening this morning, it's applicable to you too. But right now in this room, I wonder if there's one person in this room that says, Hey pastor, I need to know this Jesus you're talking about. I need to get saved. You need to get born again. You need to know that you're in right relationship with Him. Maybe you've gone cold and indifferent. Maybe you've drifted from the Lord. You need to come back to it. Are you in this room today? Is there one? No embarrassment. I'm not going to embarrass you at all. Is there one person in this room? So much better I take it from that that everybody in this room, everybody in this room is in right relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's here's the one thing I want to ask you this morning. First off, we're going to go off the air. We're going to say goodbye to our social media audience. Thank you for joining us today.